Welcome to Heart Church. We believe that the gospel has the power to change your whole life or your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Hallelujah. I'm walking out of the grave. What a great song. What a great song written for Easter. I love it. And uh, I love it what it represents. So good to have the opportunity to be with you and uh, also to celebrate this very important day in our Christian calendar, the, uh, the day that Jesus died on the cross, Good Friday. Yeah, we, uh, we celebrate our worship team. It's great to see that coming up in, in the chat. Um, I wanted to... Uh, Come and just do some teaching really um, this morning. Because the message of the cross is familiar. If you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then obviously the message of the cross is familiar. But it will also forever be intensely challenging. So this is a familiar message today. But it's also an intensely challenging message. In in John chapter 20, verse 19, the Bible says this, that on the the, uh, evening of the first day of the week, when Jesus, sorry, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish Leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now, some of you might be thinking, Wait a minute, aren't you getting a little bit ahead of yourself? Because uh, you're now talking about the resurrected Jesus. Well, yeah, indeed, Jesus was resurrected at this point. But there's something I want to point out, and that is that the marks of the cross, the nail marks in the hands and feet of Jesus, the 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 the. Uh, point in his side where the spear pierced. All these scars survived the resurrection. And what I want to say to that is that the fact that those marks survived the resurrection prove that they were meant to be remembered. They were meant to be remembered. This moment, this utterly profound, intense moment of Jesus dying on the cross, being crucified, was meant to be remembered. And so in all the celebration of the resurrection, it was intended that this moment was remembered. And of course, Jesus set things up. Leah did a great job today in helping us remember Uh, the Lord through the breaking of bread 
and, and the taking of the cup because Jesus said, I want you to remember me in this way. Remember that my body was broken for you. Remember that my blood was shed for you. So the message of the cross is meant to be remembered, but it's also meant to be lived. Jesus died for my sins and I am forgiven. Is anybody glad? Is anyone glad about that today, that you're forgiven? Is anyone thrilled that Jesus has forgiven my sin? I'm saved. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. I'm given, I've been given a brand new start, a clean slate. Now that's good news. That is the good news of the gospel. And of course, on Good Friday, you would expect to take a moment and remember that Jesus died on the cross. That is what we remember on Good Friday. But I also want to teach into the fact that not only is today the day we remember Jesus died, Today is the day I remember that if I love and follow Jesus, I also died. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says this, that I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. And that, that is symbolic of a spiritual truth. In fact, the word I there in the original Greek, is actually the word ego. You know that word? Ego. The ego is the unholy trinity. Do you know what the unholy trinity is? Me, myself, and I. You see, ego puts me at the center of every thought and the center of every conversation. Ego is always looking around saying, how is this affecting me? I know what I need. I know what is best for me. But the Apostle Paul actually is reminding us in his letter to the Galatians, he's saying, but if I, if ego no longer lives, Christ lives in me, then it is no longer about me. It's, it becomes about him. He is the center of my thoughts and conversation. He knows what I need. He knows what is best for me. I no longer live just for me, but for him. I go from living a self-centered life to a Christ-centered life life. Now, if I really get hold of that, if I really embrace that, if I really understand that, then this truth 
will daily affect the way I live. It will affect the choices I make, the things I watch, the things I buy, the way I respond to pressure, the way I respond to disappointment. Why? Because I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Ego is no longer in charge. Jesus is. Now obviously, for me, for you, the cross is not a physical death in the way that it was for Jesus. But it is a type of death. It is a place of submission and surrender. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26, and I I love the way the Amplified Version explained this. You know, I, I love this moment, although it was a terrible moment for Jesus, but it shows how Jesus wrestled with this moment in his humanity uh, in that moment, he wrestled with what he was being asked for. And, 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 and that helps me understand that when I wrestle, when I struggle, when I fight, that those things are going to be realities in my life. But what Jesus modeled is supposed to speak to us. Jesus says, my father, if it is possible, if it is possible, i.e. that is Consistent with your will. Let this cup pass from me. Yet, this is the point of submission. Not as I will, but as you will. In other words, Jesus was saying, if it is possible, Lord, if there are options here, this is what I would choose. Let this cup pass from me. I don't know whether you've ever had one of those moments in your life when you've been praying, when you've been calling out on God and, and you say, if it's possible, my preference is, Lord, my preference is that this, this moment will, will go a different way. But Jesus says, above and beyond everything else, I submit to your will. I don't know whether you recognize this. I'm sure you do. Just a tatty, a tatty white flag. You'll have seen this down the years. On the news, scenes of war and battle. This, this needs no interpretation. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what culture you come from. You know what that means. The white flag is the sign of surrender. He says, I'm not fighting anymore. We give in. We give in. The place of the cross is a place of surrender. Ego has its desires. But if Jesus is Lord of my life, then I will say, Lord, not my will, 
your will. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. So you see the cross of Jesus Christ is not just about a better me or a new and improved me. It's about a dead me. It's about a surrendered me. It's a declaration that actually God's way is better. I die, but I live. The meaning of the cross is profoundly powerful. Jesus, in actual fact, redefines death and true life. In John chapter 12, verse 24, he says this, Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces Many seeds. Now you see this is a powerful illustration. Because Jesus is helping us understand. That unless the seed gives up the right to be a seed. It will never release its potential. If you put a seed on the shelf and you, uh, and you leave it there. It will always just be a seed. But planted in the right environment that seed will release its unseen rather potential but it has to lose its identity as a seed in order to release the potential it has to die to being a seed in order to release it's potential. I think we've got a little bit of a, a picture that's going to come up on the screen for you. It's, it's that, that seed that gets, gets hidden. It, but without the seed, you don't get the shoot. You don't get that. You don't, you'll never see that. But the capacity, you know, it's not just about how many seeds are in the apple. It's how many orchards are in the seed. That's the, that's the reality of it. If I... If I yield, if I submit to God, if I wave the right, the white flag and surrender, he will release something in me that could never have been released by myself. Life is released through death. A multiplication is part of the seed's surrender. As it gives up its right to be a seed, it it generates an opportunity to produce many seeds. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says that, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Powerful, amazing. This is what Jesus did. But because 
Jesus died because the seed died. The anointing that rested upon him is now multiplied countless times on ordinary humanity such as you and I. So in other words, Jesus at one time full of the Holy Spirit was going around doing good. One man. But through his death and resurrection, we now have millions of people filled with the Spirit of God going around releasing the anointing, the power of God doing good. In 1 John 2 chapter 20, again from the Amplified Bible, the Bible says this, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. That's you. Right now, irrespective of how you are feeling today, you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, specially gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds and guards us from error. We have this anointing because of what Jesus did. So the cross is the place that Jesus died, but is also the place that I died. The cross is the place where Jesus makes everything right, but it is also the place where I lay down all my rights. The cross is the place where I lose my identity, but I discover my true identity. The cross is the place of utter disempowerment and utter empowerment. So again, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I now live is for him. And so it's a recognition that Jesus, wow, you died for me. I am forgiven. I am given a brand new start. Thank you, Lord. But now this life that I now live is no longer for me to serve the ego. No longer just for me to serve what I want. I now live for you. Not my will, but your will be done. On Vision Sunday, we focused on, on John chapter 15. We looked about abiding and we looked about connection. And it's through that connection to God that we receive life. I think it's so important to understand that that our job first and foremostly is not just to produce fruit. And I know that that seems weird because you say, well, surely, surely you want to be fruitful. Yes, yes, of course. But my job first and foremost is to receive life. And when I receive life, I will be fruitful. 
I've known too many times in my own life where seeking to be fruitful can lead to a place where you strain to do things in your own effort. Where you strain to be productive. You, you strain, and it's all with great uh, intentions, great motives. You think you're doing a good thing, but, but I'm not first and foremostly called to be productive. I'm called to be connected and to receive life from that vine. Then the, the consequence of receiving life is that yes, I will be fruitful. But that fruit appears not through me straining, not through my effort, but through the life that courses through me that is not my own, but comes from him. Let me say it. Let me say it uh, another way. I mean, this is actually, I've got a, I've got a, a, new, a new phone. And uh, it's got incredible potential. Um, I can communicate with people. I can, I can talk in real time with people um, uh, in, in other countries. Just yesterday, I spoke to a, a dear friend of mine, uh, Matthew Brown. He's a head of a school in Kuala Lumpur. I was speaking to him. We had a great time on this phone. Amazing. And that's not all it can do. It can take photographs. It can connect to the internet. I can play music. I can send emails, blah, blah, blah. You get it. But the release of that potential is dependent on connection. If, if there's no point where this connects to power, if there's no point in which this connects to electricity, it becomes nothing more than a very expensive coaster. So connection is key. So when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about the cross, when we talk about the events of today, it is an understanding that we are meant to be connected. These are distant historical facts that have no relevance to us. They are real things that impact our life right now in this moment, even though more than 2,000 years ago, uh, we, this is when these events took took place. We are meant to be connected. We are not meant to work out this life in our own strength. In fact, we're not going to do it. We're not going to make it. We, we, we do not have the, the capacity to do this. The only way I can live my life saying, Lord, not my will, your will be done, is, is through connection to him. He gives me the power through the Holy Spirit to make the right decision. Because I can tell you now, when I am not connected, then, then that, that ego, that ego will push itself to the fore. That ego will, will be looking to push me to the front instead of Jesus. And I've got to remember and recognize that without him, I can do nothing. But through him, I can do all things and nothing shall be impossible. And I'm really aware that as I come and speak to you this Good Friday, that this message is so countercultural. There are more platforms for self-promotion than at any other time in history. But the message of the cross 
is not, look at me. The message of the cross is look at him. Look at Jesus. If you see anything good in me, if you see anything me in me that produces life, how can that come from me? I know who I am. You think you know who I am. I think I know who I am, but I know God knows who I am. And I, and, and I want you to know that if I can do anything good, it is only through and by him. It is his life. It is his spirit in me. And the only way I access that is not by, by me promoting me. It's by me yielding, surrendering, surrendering. I come out saying, God, I can't do it. I can't make it. I'm, I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to stop fighting you. I surrender. I yield. I give myself to you. Matthew 16 Verses 24 to 26. I'm going to read this in two versions because I think this is quite powerful. It says that then Jesus said to his, to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Let me read it from the message version. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. Wow, I think that is powerful. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? I mean, preach, preach. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way to finding myself. When um, we were in South Africa, you know, there was a, a time that we went through um, where there was essentially quite a, a malicious campaign to, to ruin our reputation. And... You know, it was, it was an awful time. It was an awful time for me. It was an awful time for the family. Uh, at that time, someone said to me, it's not a scripture, so you don't need to look for it. But it was a very powerful thing that helped me that someone said 
to me this. And I, and I feel that as I say this, this is going to be for someone who's listening to this message today. Someone said to me this, they said, lies have speed, but truth has endurance. Lies have speed, but truth has endurance. So lies can fly around quicker than you can possibly imagine. But just stick around. Stick around long enough and truth will appear. I say that because I can't even begin to tell you how badly I wanted to defend myself. You you know how it is. When someone's accusing you of something you didn't do. When they're saying you said this and you didn't say it. Or, or they're taking things that you did do or say out of context and, and reframing it in a way that j- it just was not true. And then there was some other stuff that were just out and out lies. And, and you want to defend yourself. You want to say, no, no, that didn't happen. That is not how it happened. How dare you say that? But I felt in God that he didn't want me to defend myself that I was to entrust my reputation to him. And, you know, this is one of those moments in life where I'm saying, oh God, if, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, because I want to fight this stuff. I want, I want to declare the truth. I want to declare that this is not what has happened. But I trusted him. In the end, I had to come to that place. And, and that's, I want to emphasize this, that this is not easy. I want, us to remi- I want us to remember that when Jesus is in that garden, he was, he was sweating blood. <laughs> this was a traumatic, terrible time as he wrestled with standing and fighting for himself or trusting God with his life and with his future. And I wrestled And I fought internally. But I said, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. One of the hardest things I've done in my life. But I can tell you now, truth did have endurance. And what man and the devil had planned came to nothing. So I leave you with this today, that the cross is the place that Jesus died but it's also the place I die. The cross is the place where Jesus makes everything right, but it's also the place where I lay down all my rights. The cross is the place where I lose my identity, but my true identity is released. The cross is the place of utter disempowerment and utter empowerment. The cross is the way of self-sacrifice. And self-sacrifice is the way to find your true self. For God so loved the world, He gave His everything, His only begotten Son. The cross is God's big I love you to the world that echoes through the ages and in the end when I give my life to him and live out the way of the cross I've gained 
everything and lost nothing. God bless you. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.